Welcome back to Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the best from the world of CrossFit. Podcasts, news, special interest, health, fitness. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button. Hit the notifier so you're the first to know when we have new episodes. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Clydesdale Media Mindset with Phil Mansfield. My name is Scott Schweitzer. He is Phil Mansfield. How are you, Phil? Very, very well. Good to be back. Yeah, so last week we talked about um, self-talk. Yeah. And that kind of leads us into this week. Um, so if you want to go back and listen to episode three, that is going to be self-talk. And then you can follow it up with episode four, which is decision-making. So Phil, talk to us about decision-making. Well, we last week we, we discussed that you have about a thousand words every 10 minutes of self-talk. And the thing that follows on naturally from self-talk is that you have to make hundreds of decisions a day. Um, some of them are huge decisions about who you're going to work with, what house you're going to live in, and others are going to be whether to have another coffee, uh, whether to run to the toilet, whether to buy a cake or not buy a cake. But our life is built and ultimately our experiences in life are built from the decisions we make, both positive and negative decisions. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think I mentioned last week I'm on a weight loss journey. Uh, all day long, I have to decide. Like right now, my goal is to get my proteins up, right? And so... Like, how am I going to do that? Am I going to front load at breakfast? Am I going to um, eat more at dinner? How, how am I going to do that? And it seems like I wrestle with those decisions every day. I haven't found the groove of that yet. Yeah, and I, I think that's one, that's exactly where, <clears throat> I don't know how you feel about it, how you, please tell me if we shouldn't talk about this now, but um but would how do you the reason you wrestle a lot with it? I think is because you'll also haven't found a formula that works for yourself. And so what I mean by that is that decision making can be influenced so much by your state of mind on the particular day. So we we link hormones, for example, to different levels of hunger. So so and you crave different things at different times. I, I don't know if anyone's ever. Have you ever sat and thought, why do I crave that particular food at that particular time? And where does where do those cravings come from? And essentially, you, we are this sort of neuro uh, endocrine blob, if you like, and our environment and what, we, what we're in and where we've experienced during the day and who we've spoken to and the mood we're in and the caffeine we've had and the water we've had and our hydration levels and all of these sorts of things they actually will drive our decision-making processes. And that is often why when there's, when there's no consistency, I'm not, I'm not saying you don't have the consistency, Scott, I'm sure you do, but when I'm saying when there's not consistency in all of those things, then actually one of the things is very hard to get right is a, is a sustained diet, not that it's a diet show. <laughs> Correct. And, and I think for me, what it is, is there the stigma that I'm eating too much, right? My nutrition coach is telling me you need to eat to be able to perform at the gym, to get your metabolism higher and the thermodynamics of actually eating help you out. And, and there's the stigma from 50 years of trying to lose weight of that I'm eating too much. 
And it's really hard for me to kind of break that stigma. And, and that that's essentially, isn't it? It's culture. It's culture that defines or determines a lot of our decisions. I find that absolutely fascinating that if you put people in different situations, even across the same day, you can ask them over the same day the same question three times in different states of society or different states of stress, and they have three different answers. So how are we supposed to, as humans, be aware and conscious and make good decisions which actually affect our future or our long run? Or, for example, you you say it's been a 50-year weight loss journey. Um, the, the journey somewhere in there has, at some point in there, there's there's have has the end goal become blurred based around the current situation we're in how do we always we do that a chronic chronic versus acute the chronic decision making of what's best for me over time the delayed gratification process versus the versus the here and now this that good old harvard study of you can have a marshmallow now or if you wait until tomorrow we'll give you two marshmallows and they followed a group of children and they, they offered, they said to them, you get a marshmallow today. And if you can wait till tomorrow, you'll get two marshmallows. And the theory was that the, the children of three, four years old that could wait for the two marshmallows would be higher achievers in life. Um, and that delayed gratification process, how many of us are good enough or cognitively old enough in that particular environment to be able to say, yes, I'll wait until tomorrow and have the marshmallows, even though that's not probably the best example. <laughs> um, right. Right. I actually saw that done in a quicker time frame, like for TV, yeah. uh, where it was like, you wait 10 minutes and it'll be two marshmallows. And, and there was, there was a, a definitive line as to when some, some kids went right for number one. And then there was a group that waited, but there was a line of like five when it got to five, it was like, okay, this is enough. I don't need to wait anymore. That's it. That's it. And and there's a lot to be, I mean, we see that every day in the gym. We see that absolutely every day in the gym of the of the guys who are very what we call acute focused. It's about the here and now. And it's 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 what we're going what can we get from this session? And I would happily destroy myself today. And I don't care what I've got to do Friday, Saturday, Sunday in a week. And then you have those cautious athletes who are who are very sort of like, okay, well, how will today affect me later on in the week? And and both are wrong and both are right. And finding the balance in that is everything around making good decisions. Yeah, and so as a coach, your athletes are preparing generally for one event a year, yeah. right? The CrossFit Games yeah. and that season. So it is the epitome of delayed gratification. Absolutely. So how do you deal with the decision-making throughout the year that to work best with that athlete? And does it change from athlete to athlete? It's, it's an absolute minefield. I mean, a really good example of that is we have the Waterpalooza qualifiers that are on at the moment. Um, and we have a sort of handful of athletes that want to go to Waterpalooza and Dubai. Both those qualifiers are running now. Now, my guys at the moment are deep in weakness training so we haven't touched fitness we haven't we haven't had the heart rate over 130 unless their specific weaknesses heart rate work um but we haven't had a lot of them haven't had their heart rate up for six weeks now 
they've been working on shoulder strength, for example, someone else has been working on leg strength, and they've been trying to build their numbers up, or I've had one guy who's been on an Olympic lifting cycle because he's just, that's where his weakness is. And then um, Miami and Dubai come along and say, bang, here's a, here's a big qualifier. Uh, you've, you've got to be fit for it. You've got to be ready. And of course, even though their their conscious understands that, their subconscious is still saying, "Oh, I'm I'm not good enough. I'm not fit enough at the moment." And they rationalise it, but at the same time, at the same time, it's very hard for them to accept that. Um, and it's a really it's a really difficult process to manage. Um, and some athletes do it do it better than others. Uh, some athletes can really deal with that, and others others you just have to protect them from from going into the into the qualifiers. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's gotta be tough for these athletes because I've talked to a few of them who last year did every off season workout or off season competition. When I talked to them during game season, they were like, that was a mistake. Yeah, exactly. But that shiny penny that pops up every so often. And when you're a CrossFitter trying to make money so that you can, this can be your profession. Yeah. It's, it's that glitzy thing that kind of sucks you in. Yeah. And 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 all around, whether we're discussing your your journey or whether we're discussing the CrossFit season, uh, it comes back to environment, self-talk, and then ultimately the decisions you make. Um, having the ability to have a coach or a parent or a friend or have somebody to discuss it with and make those decisions is, is important. It is as, as important in buying a house as your CrossFit season and and ultimately our year experience and it's the responsibility is never lost on me that i'm responsible for that decision for a whole year of somebody's life essentially like they're they're relying on me to say no you shouldn't do that competition yes you should do that one i want you to focus on quarterfinals or semifinals or we're going to put that that in now those decisions are essentially crucial decisions because i'm also saying well we're not going to please a sponsor potentially here we're going to take away as you say ten fifteen thousand dollars in prize money or from you or I, I can't you can go to that competition but i can't peak you for that competition you're going to need to go there and make up the numbers and who wants to do that and those decisions are very very difficult decisions and sometimes the athlete's weakness is competition Right. And maybe the best thing is to go to that competition to get some reps under the lights. Um, it's got to be, a, like you said, a minefield for a coach in these situations uh, to deal with on an individual basis. Yeah, there's there's one um, there's there's a wonderful book, Thinking in Bets. And um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nice story that she's a, a mathematician, brilliant, genius mathematician. And she's watching the um, the poker world championships final and she can calculate the odds by looking at the cards so you know when you watch poker they have the sort of the numbers at the side that say 17 percent, and she can do that in her head from the cards and uh, yeah wonderful person um and so she initially starts that process by saying he has a 17 percent chance of winning and 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 the other person has an 83 percent chance of winning um and it just so happens that the 17 percent won this hand um and the same thing repeats itself about 20 minutes later and the co-commentator says to her see your system is flawed 
because the 17% and the 14% have won twice now. So your system is wrong. And she writes a whole book explaining that her system is absolutely spot on. Just sometimes the 14% ends up being right. And that's where we get good decisions wrong, but we're still the right decision. It was still the right thing to do based on that person. And that's the encouragement for making good decisions is that no decision, we often search for the black, white, we often search for the right, wrong. And there is never that. There's never going to be a absolute 100% and 0% split. There's always going to be an 80-20 or harder so a 55-45. But if you take the 55% decision, that's still the right decision, even if it proves to be wrong because it was in the 45%, you still made the right decision. And it's okay in that 55% decision to miss something in the 45 or miss the competition or think, oh, I'd love to have been on that competition floor or I'd love to have gone or I should have done the qualifier. Those thoughts are allowed as part of the 45%, absolutely allowed. It was still the right decision to not do the qualifier. It was still part of your plan. How you boil down and end up in those percentages is a slightly more complex um slightly more complex process, but understanding that decisions are never black and white and actually looking at the percentages of the decision and then being committed to them because we were in that 80% or that 68% of being right, even though I was proven wrong, if that makes sense. Makes total sense. And I think that's a, a great way to kind of sum this up. And as always, Phil, I think when I talked to you, we're in a time-space continuum because that felt like two minutes and that was much longer than that. Uh, but we're going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about the hormonal response to these decisions. So yeah. make sure to check in next week with that. And hey, if you like what you're hearing, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and hit the notifier so you're the first to know when new episodes come out. And if you have any topic that you would like us to talk about, shoot us a DM on Instagram or leave a comment below. We'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Media Mindset with Phil Mansfield. Thank you so much for joining Clydesdale Media for today's episode. If you like what you hear, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, and make sure you hit the notifier so you're the first to know when new episodes are out. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time with Clydesdale Media.